الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده وبعد الحمد لله In this October segment I will be speaking about the slew of mass shootings that happened in the month of October on the Gregorian calendar. Now this slew of shootings as well as the cache of weapons that has been found in locations in the United States covers the period from the 17th of Dhul Hijjah 1436 to the 17th of Muharram 1437 so we enter into a new Muslim year we'll also be discussing drones and their usefulness on the 1st of October there was a shooting at Umpukwa Community College in Roseburg, Oregon which left nine people dead, seven wounded and the shooter committed suicide now keep in mind there was a mass shooting from the 26th of December in Banning, California and one man was taken into custody after having shot two dead and injured three on the ninth there was another school shooting at Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff the shooter was in custody after having killed one and injured three Texas Southern University known as TSU had two shootings in one week one of them being on the 9th of October near in apartments near the university where one was killed and one was wounded and the shooter was gathered in custody on the 22nd of October there was a shooting at Tennessee State University campus leaving one dead and two injured with the suspect still at large on the 31st of October Colorado Springs Colorado there was a shooting in which a man killed three people before being gunned down himself by the police now what some people will say is all of these mass shootings show that the government has lost control in the United States which there's some merit in that statement others will say this indicates that there needs to be a new discussion had around the Second Amendment which is the right to bear arms which there's also some merit in that statement while some people say there needs to be greater knowledge of firearms by the general populace so that they can protect themselves from these shooters and there is some truth in that statement
here is exactly how I want to tackle this discussion. The United States is going through a period in which mass shootings are increasing in frequency in white areas. When I was growing up, gang violence then, and it still is now, gang violence was so severe the generations that were born in 1969-1972-1974-killed-so-many-of-their-own-generation-in-gang-violence-there-are-actually-fewer-left-today-of-that-generation-now-that-they've-had-children-than-when-the-generation-started-out-which-that-should-actually-be-the-opposite. But this is the case for Arabs, for blacks, for Mexicans, for Puerto Ricans, and for Dominicans, born in the years that I listed just a moment ago. This didn't matter, because these people were only blacks, Dominicans, Arabs, Mexicans, Puerto Ricans. But now that it has seeped into white America with these mass shootings. Now there is a greater concern upon what does this mean and why is it happening? And many of the people that are doing the shootings are on medicine, medication such as Ritalin. Now, by finding out all of this about these mass shootings, the gang violence that I grew up with was killing close to 5,000 a year. And from 1988 to 1992, the mass shootings are killing somewhere in the region of 390 at the highest a year and 365 at the lowest which means that there's a killing a mass shooting every day being carried out by someone white every day in the United States and 9 times out of 10 they're on some type of medication and they usually kill themselves or are gunned down by the police There is now an ongoing debate about repealing, amending, or altering, or suspending the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment represents, it was never intended for people hunting, because most people hunted anyway. It was never intended for people who enjoyed vintage weapons, because all the weapons back then weren't vintage, they were used for firing. The Second Amendment was precisely for 
the event where a government might become so tyrannical that the only way to remove it might be through force of arms. And that by force of arms, the citizens were able to protect themselves from the tyrannical government and to also protect themselves from each other when people transgress the bounds. In introducing or attempting to introduce legislation that limits access to firearms, the only people that have been affected are those who might legally attempt to attempt to obtain firearms by introducing biometrics in which only the person who's the owner of the gun could fire the gun because the gun will sense their fingerprints and the body heat that they give off that's unique to each person. By doing this, only those who are law-abiding citizens would be able to obtain those. The people who are carrying out these shootings and the criminal activity are those who have obtained weapons through illegal means. So this legislation is not going to affect them because they have already made the decision to obtain illegal firearms, to scratch off or alter the serial numbers, and to use them in crimes, and to also commit crimes using them, whether it be injuring or killing people or robberies. But this legislation that is coming, and I don't know how far it is away, but eventually I do believe that the United States is going to attempt to alter the Second Second Amendment in such a way that the American people are going to be neutered. They will be rendered helpless. Now I want you to look back in history at every single nation that has disarmed its local population. And I want you to look at what the end result was. One of the last things that was done by Ferdinand Marcos of the Philippines was to disarm the Filipino people. And once that was finished, he brought in martial law and a number of terrifying pogroms against his own people. There was only one group of people that would not disarm in Mindanao. These were the Muslims. They cited a number of texts from the Quran and from the Sunnah and what their scholars have told them, and they were classified as terrorists. One of Adolf Hitler's acts upon coming to power as chancellor and then absorbing the rest of the government posts for himself and his party was to outlaw access to weapons. One of the famous uprisings, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, which was carried out by Jewish people, had to do with Jewish people arming themselves. Arming themselves against Nazi-friendly Polish uh, sympathizers 
who would later be killed themselves, arming themselves in Germany whenever possible against Nazi stormtroopers. These are some of the reasons why some of those Jews survived. It was because they were armed. Because the population had access to weapons to defend themselves against criminals and also when a government got so out of control that it would no longer resembled what the people wanted and the people had to take steps to safeguard their liberty, their lives, and their families. By tampering with or changing people's access to firearms, what's happening is Americans are being told that this is dangerous. And the key to tyrannical government is not always when it steps in and makes a unilateral demand. One of the keys to tyrannical government is to actually create an atmosphere in which the people themselves actually ask for the government to act. What I sometimes refer to as the Dracula Syndrome. There was a common old folk tale that vampires could not enter the house unless they were invited in. There were certain etiquettes that vampires had to exercise. So this Dracula Syndrome, this Dracula Syndrome that was utilized, was carried out by the population. And so the government made it so that the population begged them to carry out these acts. And so the government could act unilaterally. For example, when the Patriot Act was passed in the United States. Another example was when legislation was passed in England regarding handguns. All of these things were first done after the people demanded the government step. Now, as I said, this Dracula syndrome, when a government steps in that's tyrannical and creates an environment where the people become so terrified or so frightened or so besieged that they beg the government to take unilateral action. The government is only too happy to do that. Now in all of these cases where the United States has had these shootings, why has the response time been so long? Why has it taken so long for the United States, the world's largest arms dealer, the most powerful military force in the world, to arrive on scene? The answer that I would tender to this question would be because the government knows that there is a certain environment 
that if they create it, the people will be malleable to changing the legislation. And by changing the legislation, this is this being the very essence of the Constitution, that they will then be able to remove firearms from the hands of the people. And I can already hear the argument. Well, slavery was in the Constitution as well. But we had to remove that and add, and add uh, rights for people who are minorities in the United States. We had to repeal that. We've had to repeal other aspects to the Constitution. There have had to be amendments to the Constitution. And if we made those amendments to the Constitution, who's to say we can't make these amendments? After all, they say, the Constitution is a living document. Now, this is a new way of looking at the Constitution that its original scholars, like Antonin Scalia and others, have stated that the Constitution is not a living document. It is set in stone. And that interpretations have to meet with the language requirements and the general basic thrust of what the Founding Fathers meant. But I believe that taking away firearms from Americans is going to happen by way of saying that, well, we've made these other amendments to the Constitution. Why can't we make this amendment? Who's to say we can't make this one? Now, the question that you may then ask is, well, what's the point of taking away guns from the American people? What benefit will that be? Well, by taking away guns from the American people, it then makes it possible to police them with regard to other things. And as the, as the historical realities of tyrannical government become universal in the United States, initially, it was only if you weren't white that you faced the tyranny of the American government. Now it is universal. The searchings, the beatings, the pummelings, the uh, summary arrests, the uh, beatings without rhyme or reason, the invasion of homes without rhyme or reason, drones in local neighborhoods, tanks tearing up the streets in upscale neighborhoods. It's now everywhere. This is the closing down of a society. For further details, I would tell someone to read the works of Naomi Wolf because they accurately, in one sense, especially her letter to a patriot, show that there is a change in the United States in which the society is closing. And it is now too late. We have reached the tipping point of no return. So keep your eyes on the United States because these mass shootings, I'm not saying that the mass shootings are all setups. None of them are true. None of them are real. Maybe a few of them are setups, perhaps. But these mass shootings are occurring. And they're being allowed to go through for a purpose. And that purpose is to close the society. Now let me mention that the 21st on the 21st of October, 
Six predominantly black churches have been attacked in the past two weeks, triggering police to step up patrols. Now, if you remember from the 60s where churches were bombed, this is no different now. Lynchings still occur in the United States. Killings still happen. So all of these things, according to the Turner report, according to the Warren report as well, the race situation in the United States is actually worse than the 1960s. One can look at how people from other races are gunned down in the street, beaten to death by police, they die in chokeholds, they die in custody. I didn't include that in some of the discussion that I wanted to give you on October because it's just so prevalent and I've grown up with such a, with with this so much of my life and seen so much of it. And it's not that it's increased. What it is is the violence in the United States against uh, non-white people. The only reason why we see so much of it now is because of recording devices. The watershed moment was Rodney King's whipping, his beating. But there have been so many other cases that came after that that now people are able to see there really is a problem between the dominant white society in the United States and non-whites. There really is a problem, and they really fail to see that they are committing these atrocities. Now, there are 501c3 churches that these black people are attending. They're not going to have the gumption to rise up and fight against this. They're going to just pray that uh, for their enemies and hope for their best and that they reform themselves. But another ten churches could get blown up. Keep in mind that Muslims during this time have been rising to the occasion to try to help find out who these people are. They've even tried to assist them by offering to rebuild their church. So some of the Muslims are trying to step up, trying to do what's right. But the United States, from what we can see, is imploding. And I have just one other example that should bring this home. Well, two other examples. One is a cache of some 7,000 stolen firearms was found in South Carolina by law enforcement agents. Now, 7,000 stolen firearms. 7,000. This means that there is a large body of people because 7,000 firearms stolen altogether and then being found in one place means that there are cartels. It could mean that someone was preparing to carry out some very large scale event. And before it could be carried out, carried out it was stumbled across by the law enforcement agents. People have been stockpiling weapons for quite some time in the United States. 
and with the government continuing to nosedive, more people are stockpiling. In fact, the largest demographic of people who are now accessing guns are women in the United States. They seem, they seem to think that something very big is coming. A foreboding of this could be 20, the 29th of October's event, where a drone carrying mobile phones, drugs, and hacksaws crashed outside of an Oklahoma prison. Now the fact of the matter is, you now have drone technology which was previously only in government hands. Now, common people can own drones. And not just small drones, but large drones that can now go suborbital. They can carry stocks, equipment, trade, drugs. So now we're going to see our skies now flying with drones. So the familiar buzz that Palestinians heard in Gaza from the drones from Israel. We will now start to hear them in the Anglosphere. This is a very frightening time for us. And even for Muslims living in the United States, it is a time of great fear. But as I have said before, and I say again, the point of the signs of the end of the time is not to become alarmed, but to become prepared. So knowing what you know now, it's a time to return to our faith, to return to prayer, to return to glorification of Allah, to return to seeking forgiveness, to return to seeking the wisdom in the book and the sunnah. And when one has done that, then he or she may prepare in all the other material ways. But if the spirit isn't compliant, the body won't be with it. So it is my sincere hope and prayer that we return to this, and my advice would be threefold. One, as I said, returning to the book and sunnah for those who have neglected their faith, to return to their faith. For those that know nothing of the faith, to obtain a copy of a translation of the Qur'an, to read through it, to consider the facts, to consider that this is a manual for your life, a book of guidance. Number two, to prepare yourself materially. If you're in the United States, you should get out of the large cities and try to stay in smaller locations around your loved ones and people that you love and respect because a time may come where the cities will be uninhabitable. I know that you are being driven in the direction of urban centers, but that is actually not what you want. You want to be the salmon that swims upstream. Salmon that swim upstream, they live to mate. Those that swim downstream, they wind up on our plate. Be wise. Number three, as I said, to be around like-minded people. To maybe try to stock a pantry. Save up seeds for planting. 
to look into alternative means of obtaining your food, your drink, protecting your groundwater and other supplies of your food. Think about all these things because you don't know what the future holds. And with that I say, أقول قولي هذا أستغفر الله لي ولكم أستغفر الله إن الله غفور رحيم يا رحمين رحيم السلام عليكم